Hey everyone, no questions this week, uh, and we're fine with that. It's October. We're we're super busy. Thank you to everyone who watched the live feed, yeah, and participated in the live feed. We weren't entirely ready for participation. At least <laughs> I wasn't. I'll only speak for myself. So. For those who are commenting during the episode, thank you very much for commenting and participating. If we do it again, and I say if, they say when, but I say <laughs> if, we will do better about the audience interaction. We we love you. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. I endorse all of this. Cosine. Speaking of things Megan endorses, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things you love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello, hello. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hey. And I'm John. And if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, zzz, hmm. It's <laughs> like a buzzer. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I started and then I'm like, eh, what are we you Megan? You know what I think? I think you should go first, John. I think you should, but I, I think know, you should I... start. With uh, the spooky vodka that I saw in your Instagram feed. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's true. I was, I, I totally spaced about it. There's been so much horror going on this week. Uh, some stuff I was going to talk about, some stuff I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about. But yeah, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about vodka. Vodka. <laughs> vodka. Vodka. Uh, Hardin's vodka. So for those listeners who remember last year around probably this exact same time, there was a vodka brand that was uh, talking about that they had rested their vodka in three different places. There was the, I believe it was a conjuring house. There was an asylum and I think a murder house. I don't remember the details of any of those things, but uh, I rested it. I, I got, I ended up getting a few bottles for some of the narrators and creepy just as gifts. And I decided that if the opportunity came along again, I would jump at the chance. And it just so happens that as someone who purchased bottles last year, they reached out to me and they're like, hey, by the way, we're going to be doing a paranormal reserve. You want to buy any? And yes, yeah. yes, I did. <laughs> this particular reserve from Herodin Vodka, that's H-A-R-R-I-D-A-N. This is not a paid advertisement. I paid for this. <laughs> Well, this particular batch was rested in front of Annabelle's case. Ooh. Annabelle from Annabelle's Creation, a famous haunted doll from the Conjuring series. And super cool bottle. Comes in a case that's designed like a spirit box. So the top of it is a spirit box. Inside there's a planchette. There's handling gloves, whole nine yards. Really, really beautiful bottle. Uh, just the the shipping or the... The design, everything that goes along with it is just so cool. And I haven't drank the vodka yet because I'm super busy and I want to get to the end of October just in case I get haunted by a demon. I want that to happen in like November. <laughs> okay. It's going to be like Poltergeist so, 2. I don't want it to be like Poltergeist 2. <laughs> I don't know if I want it to be like any of the Poltergeist, frankly. That's fair. But, uh, That's fair. 
It definitely not like Thanksgiving. So maybe I should wait till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> maybe wait until December. I can handle holiday horror. I, I just ignore it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hardin's Vodka, super, super cool brand. Just doing cool things for the horror world. I saw the Bloody Disgusting, did a write-up on them too. Uh, just letting people know. You know, in this age where it seems like there's constantly new brands, like I'm a big bourbon fan. Mm -hmm. There's like always new bourbons. I'm a big tequila fan too. There's always new tequilas. Hmm. It's just kind of cool seeing someone go a little out of the box, especially yeah. in the horror realm. And and this is what they did. Pretty rare for them to actually get the opportunity to go into that particular museum. And they got in and I got some bottles, bottle for me and some for my narrators. Aww. If there's some available, totally recommend grabbing one because they're really, really cool. Well, nice. I'm really happy for you because I remember last year how it's, I think Megan yeah. shared the news about it and the look on your face when you heard about oh. those bottles, you were so excited. You I was so it. excited and my wife was not excited. <laughs> so how did so, you convince her? Uh, I guess I think, your narrators didn't get haunted, so they, they were the goat. The... I think that's part of it. I think year two, like late adopter sort of thing. Gotcha. I'm surprised because this one... Well, I guess I didn't tell her that it was designed like a spirit box because she does not like spirit <laughs> oh, boards. That's fair. But I have a, and I have a spirit board in my office anyway. Yeah. So well, yeah. there you go. I keep the case closed over the vodka for now. <laughs> but yeah, I was really excited to get an opportunity. It's a cool brand. It's female owned and operated. Awesome. Um, and they're big supporters of the horror community. So Yay. You know, what's not to like? Did you make me have to see if they have any left? You should. Uh, and there is, they, they rested 666 bottles. Can, can you and do bourbon next, people? Oh, there you go. Haunted bourbon? The, they, they might, I don't know how old the company is. For anyone out there who's interested in getting into bourbon, just give it a little while. There's some new bourbon distilleries that have popped up and they do it right away. And it's like, just, you got to give yourself a few years. It just takes time. Don't rush the market. Um, but maybe they are. Because vodka, you know, I'm not going to go. This isn't an alcohol discussion. This was a cool haunted. It could be. Something. Yeah, I started to climb up on a little soapbox for no reason whatsoever. He's Instead, just so excited about, you know, Raggedy Ann vodka. Exactly. Uh, instead, how about if I talk about my homework okay. for this week? We'll, we'll allow it. All right. The first thing I watched was Xena's Pick, 1989's Intruder on Tubi. The overnight stock crew of a local supermarket find themselves being stalked and slashed by a mysterious maniac. <laughs> All right, Zeno, why this one? Because I feel like it is a hidden gem that's becoming not so hidden, which is an awesome thing. And plus, honestly, it's, it's just a fun slasher. And I thought you might dig it. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go ahead and say, I don't know how I never saw this movie because you're right. This is exactly my wheelhouse. Awesome. I... Loved this movie so much. Nice. From the ridiculous, how happy that everyone was to work in a grocery store in the first place and just do a really good job, except for Ted Raimi, <laughs> to like the 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 red herrings, to the kills mm -hmm. themselves, and the cheese. But more than anything else, uh, well, and I actually I really loved Sam Raimi in this. Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi plays a butcher in this. He's a really good actor. He's really into his job. He's like his, like he's got a really relaxed delivery. Like he's not acting. He's probably just acting like 
Sam Raimi in the movie. <laughs> but I really liked it. Like when they're telling stories or whatever, like there's just like a really relaxed feel. Like they're all just hanging out chatting. And like there's like just sometimes there's those little moments with actors where you're like, oh, okay, you're in this. Like and you appreciate that, mm-hmm. especially in what's otherwise a really cheesy 80s slasher movie, you know? For sure. But more than anything else, the star of this is Dan Hicks. <laughs> Dan Hicks, who, for those of you who haven't seen Intruder but have seen Evil Dead 2, plays the male redneck character in Evil Dead 2 who carries the luggage uh, like un- through the gorge, I guess, mm-hmm. to the cabin, which this made me realize how underutilized Dan Hicks was in Evil Dead 2. Yeah. He is so good in this movie. May he rest in but, peace. Oh, R.I.P. Dan Hicks. I it made me want to go out and like see like find more Dan Hicks movies because I'm sure I've seen him mm-hmm. and not necessarily realized it, but because he's got such a, a a front and center role in this, so good. Yeah, this is definitely going to get in rotation for me. I love this. So like, I'll probably start watching this more than Mutilator. Ooh, awesome! And I know. I don't know, guys. Like. Didn't that supermarket, didn't it just seem so soothing in there? Like, it just seemed very relaxed. And I mean, but before the killings started, you know, it just seemed like a place I would want to shop. Well, everyone was really polite to the customers. They were just trying to do their job. Except, well, the cashiers weren't really paying attention at the beginning as they were talking about, like, relationships. And the guy's bag tears. And they're just like, whoops, you deal with it. Like, Shouldn't you apologize about what you did? I mean, they were closing, so bye. That's true. (laughs) But yeah, otherwise, that was like the most chill supermarket like ever. So, yeah. No, that was a great movie. Great pick, Xena. Yippee! And then I watched 1974's Death Dream, also on Tubi, (sighs) uh, which was not assigned me. I suppose I should remember to mention that. Grave Grave Dancers was assigned. Yeah, and then is it's not, not available. available. So this was anywhere. the second assignment. Yeah, back yeah. up. Yeah, you know what else isn't available anymore? Millennium, ridiculous. <laughs> Who do we you write? Can't, it's so hard to buy it, but you can't stream it anywhere. It's such a fantastic TV series. Anyway, uh, Death Dream on Tubi. A young soldier killed in Vietnam inexplicably shows up to his family home one night. That was IMDb. Uh, all right, Megan, why this one? I feel like it's tragically overlooked. This is uh, by Bob Clark, who released Black Christmas the same year as this one. Mm-hmm. So that one understandably overshadows this one. But I feel like this is um, a really kind of tragic take on the era that uh, you don't see a whole lot of. So Bob Clark putting out two wins in the same year is, um, yeah, I just thought I thought you needed to see it. It's pretty good. I like it. You did the right thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> John's gonna John's gonna disagree, so I appreciate that support. Yeah, I'm just gonna crap all over that. No sentiment. way. No, I'm not. It's I. I always kind of walk on eggshells when when it comes to like symbolism or depth in movies because sometimes there is no depth to a movie and we find it ourselves. Yeah. Like recently, I rewatched Room Two Three Seven, the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I was watching some of it and I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I agree with everyone's assessment of what Stanley Kubrick was actually trying to do as much as you all love Stanley Kubrick and now you're telling people what he was trying to do. So I try to avoid things like that. But to what you were saying, like the depth of the movie really surprised me because it felt like it had to have been multi-layered because they're talking about 
people coming home from World War II and Korea. And now here's this Vietnam veteran and it's a Vietnam veteran. Just come back and get over it. Like, we were fine. Why aren't you fine? Mm -hmm. Which generally was the sentiment taken towards Vietnam veterans because people didn't talk about the actual impact that had happened to World War II and Korean War veterans and, and the actual trauma that they brought back with them. But they were hailed as heroes, whereas Vietnam veterans weren't. And I, the movie takes an interesting twist that I didn't see uh, coming, but I was really surprised at the the PTSD aspect mm -hmm. that whether you look at it as PTSD or you look at it surface level as to what the movie becomes in like the second half, it is what it is. But I was really surprised by this i thought it was going to be a lot more all right slashery or even like jacob's ladder right. type thing something like that which which isn't to say jacob's ladder is surface level by any means but it didn't become at all what i thought it was going to be and i was really really pleasantly surprised by i was like okay this is saying something and this is like especially like in this day and age with so many organizations out there like Mission 22 and we define all these organizations that are out there to support veterans coming home and having difficulties adjusting and post-traumatic stress and everything else that in 1974, when Vietnam was just winding down, frankly, this was probably filmed before like the last flights out of Saigon. It was like, wow, yeah, like that's a pretty bold step for that filmmaker to take um, and, and really shine a light on what's happening yeah. to soldiers instead of just casting them aside. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like kudos to Bob Clark on this one. Yeah. Uh, I think I liked it a little, I don't know, Black Christmas. I need to rewatch Black Christmas because Black Christmas was good. Um, don't assign it to me yet. We'll wait till <laughs> Christmas. Uh, no, I was surprised. I really like this. And I like this a lot more than I thought I was going to just because it kind of just took me by surprise yeah like, i didn't expect depth out of this this yeah. is a 74 like horror movie slasher type thing right like oh yeah yes it that, does yeah it's it's very good it's very tragic very kind of interesting depiction of the nuclear family in the wake of this stuff um but yes. horror obviously it is horror so it is i was so excited that you picked this movie that i went back to rewatch it myself because oh! i <laughs> I nice. love this movie and I live, they filmed it in uh, this uh, town called Brooksville and it's not that far from me. So I was oh, visiting wow. where they filmed it, which um, Andy's house is still there. Uh, the cemetery oh, wow. is still there. Yeah. When they went out to the restaurant, that place is still there. So it's just a really cool, sleepy downtown um, place. There's very something uh, creepy about it. I don't know if it's because of the movie or it's just because I don't like small towns. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, I think that this movie is just so beautiful and so sad, but it's like a really good twist on like a, what is it, like the monkey paw tale? You know, be careful yeah. what you wish for. So just very beautiful movie. Awesome. Well, especially by the ending. Just Ooh. the final line in the movie is just brutal. That hurt my heart. Yeah. Yeah, rightly so. Um, yeah. And I also watched VHS 99, which I'm not going to talk about, not because I don't love it. It's just because I wasn't sure if anyone else is going to talk about it. So I, think, I didn't prepare what? for it. <laughs> I didn't prepare it. Maybe wanna, I'll talk about it next maybe, time. Okay. But maybe I, next time. Yeah. All right. Fine. But I want to talk about it too with you. Not okay. as well, my pick. Okay. Okay. I will talk about it next week. 
Okay. And I won't give spoilers to what I thought of it, but I mean, come on, guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Megan, what did you watch? Um, I watched My Name is Bruce. I, I don't think mm. that this is on streaming anywhere. It uh, was released in 2007. I have it on DVD, which if you are looking for cheap, like, hand-me-down DVDs, Half Price Books website is pretty handy for that. Just saying, the hot mm. tip, because that's Ooh. how I have this one. Um, we love tips. You, yeah, we do. <laughs> um, and if you don't know, My Name is Bruce is directed by Bruce Campbell, stars Bruce Campbell, about Bruce Campbell, who is uh, mistaken for a character, like a fan comes up to him and believes he really is like this hero, you know, Ash, um, and enlists him to help him fight or help the town fight a real monster in this tiny Oregon town. Um, so mm. it's it's a horror comedy that's very meta. This fan loves Bruce Campbell's work and, you know, lots of references to Bruce Campbell's work. And it's and it's Bruce Campbell going ham. And it's it's great. It's a, I mean, you get exactly what the premise suggests. Like, that's what you get. And you're either on board or you're not. I I think it's funny. It's highly entertaining for me as a big fan of Bruce Campbell and Evil Dead and all of that fun stuff. Um, and also just to prove I'm a little bit of a geek when it comes to this subject. Uh I am looking, I still play Evil Dead, the video game, and they're releasing like Halloween-ish updates later this week. And one of them is a costume oh, for uh, Army of Darkness Ash that's like Red Devil and it's like Halloween. I oh, think cool. I think they got it from here because there's a scene in this movie that is um, a, like an angel ash and a devil ash on Bruce Campbell's, well, an evil an angel and a demon Bruce Campbell on Bruce Campbell's shoulders. And I feel like that's where they got this from. Plus like the screenwriter is the same showrunner for season three of Ash versus evil dead. So there's, there's some overlap there. That's just some speculation on my part, but yeah, I, I think it's fun. Um, and so is the game. So yeah, that would make sense. Cause I think I, I saw this years ago. Yeah. And I don't remember the details a lot, but crossover with Ash versus the evil dead would make, a lot of sense yeah for the tone that i remember from the movie it is it is a perfect fit yes absolutely um and then i watched uh guillermo del toro's cabinets of curiosities which is doing Mm -hmm. a two episode per day rollout starting it's like tuesday so by the time this episode airs there will be four episodes out and then the next two and the next two and then all of it will be available come like thursday um But it's eight episodes. It's an anthology series. Uh, Guillermo introduces every single episode. It reminds me so much of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, the anthology mm-hmm. series where he would like come mm-hmm. out and introduce. That, uh, that's exactly what I Guillermo. Love those. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's exactly what Guillermo does. He comes out and he's in a suit and he opens this ornate, you know, cabinet of curiosities, and it's like here's a quick little intro and here's a figurine of the episode's director, which is so cute. Um, but he really has assembled like a murderer's row of talent. Like it's insane. The people that he has lined up for this franchise, um, you know, Keith Thomas, who did the vigil, um, mm-hmm. you've got the Babadook director, you've got the empty man director, you've got Guillermo mm-hmm. Navarro, you've got like all of these wow. people. Um, and really it, this, the, the kind of thematic through line of it um and the tone that a lot of the episodes have because a lot of them most of them are period you know like they're either 
you know, 1833 or Lovecraft era or they're like 1970s or whatever. So they're all kind of mostly period. And it kind of gives me this almost like a Victorian scary story collection, like a retro, like scary story that's all mood and wind mm-hmm. howling type thing over mm-hmm. like jump scares, if that makes sense. Nice. Um, so it's interesting. It's definitely, you know, favorites are going to vary based on preference um, based on episode, based on whatever, you know, strikes a chord with you. I personally am absolutely obsessed with Panos Cosmatos's episode, which is called The mm-hmm. Viewing. Um, I feel like so many of these filmmakers kind of adhered to this cohesive feel for you know like all of this this is an anthology but they all fit together this is all like yeah mm-hmm. this fits in, in into the show this fits with what he's going for and then here's panos cosmatos who's like you've given me the same tools as everybody else but i'm going to do my own thing and it is so his own distinct vibe that i i don't know i was mesmerized peter weller is in it a bunch of a bunch of other people are in it uh sofia butella it's just so different than anything else. Um, and if you like Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow, then you will probably be like me and be absolutely mesmerized. If not, uh, you know, let me know what your favorites are. I can't wait to see this one. Yeah. Would you watch, Cena? Oh, okay. I was waiting for someone to ask. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, so the first thing I checked out, I watched Run, Sweetheart, Run from 2020 on Prime. Well, it will be on Prime Video on Friday. Um, wow, this movie is just so empowering and bloody and fierce, you know. Um, it feels very Hitchcockian, like the tone, but it also feels like Assassination Nation meets Promising Young Woman. Um, mm. So I don't know if you really love like cat and mouse uh, thrilling horror with like a monster that is very much realistic in many ways. I think that you may enjoy this one. Um, and it's just really cool to see how much, you know, everyday horror is the genre is in, like evolving. So I feel like this is like a perfect example, you know, because we kind of seen something like it, but not really. And obviously I'm being very generic for a reason because the movie's coming out on Friday and I'm trying to entice you to be like, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but I know Megan's seen it because yeah, I, I read your it. awesome review. That was two years ago. I'm mm-hmm. going to need a refresher. Going to yeah. rewatch it. So, but it's, it's a good time. Um, and it felt very fall for some reason um i know it doesn't take place during the fall like more valentine's day mm-hmm. but really cool okay anyway um and then huge thanks to uh synapse films and mvd uh entertainment they sent me a blu-ray copy of the kindred as well Ew. as satan's little helper you guys know how i feel about satan's little helper <laughs> yes we do ah that movie okay but yeah um <laughs> i'll post more about satan's little helper um on our Instagram this week. So if people are interested um, in that, so you can keep a lookout for that. But yeah, so these Blu-rays, by the time this episode airs, it'll be available because they come out Tuesday, 25th. So uh, The Kindred uh, came out in 1987. Amanda's deathbed request to her son, John, was for him to destroy all the lab notes from her last experiment. She also blurts out that he had a brother, which he didn't know. So at the funeral, he meets a woman named Melissa who claims that his mother is um she's the biggest fan of his mother so then soon fast forward they go to his mom's house because you know he wants to do what his mom asked him to do 
and then he discovers something, something slimy and shiny and gross. And yeah, it was, it was my first time watching this movie. And I have no idea why I never watched it because I remember always seeing like the poster. The poster's really cool. It's like a black poster. It has a baby bottle. And then there's like a creature inside of it. So it's like a really cool creature movie if you love that, um, like those type of like creature movies. And um, I, I don't know. I feel just so disappointed in my life because I feel like if I would have watched this as a kid, I would have really, really enjoyed it. So, um, but yeah, if you, uh, if you're looking for something fun and slimy <laughs> to watch, <laughs> you know, I highly recommend this. And plus, you know, for it obviously to be made in 87 and 87 is one of the best years ever. I don't know if you guys know that, but, um, yeah, it's when the twins won the world series for the first time. Yeah. And I was born that year. <laughs> That's what I got for 87. <laughs> it's a know. great year. But yeah, um, if you are looking for like an 80s, say if you haven't seen this movie, uh, like me and you like 80s horror, you like creatures features and it's fun. I recommend this one. It's a good time. Yeah. Xena likes goo. I do. She does. (laughs) All right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I watched The Intruder, or just Intruder, not The Intruder, Intruder from 1989 on Tubi and Death Dream from 1974, also on Tubi. Uh, I watched My Name is Bruce on DVD and Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which hits Netflix this week. I checked out Run Sweetheart Run. It'll be available on Prime Video this Friday. And then I also watched The Kindred on Blu-ray. All right. No homework assignments for me this week. As I already mentioned, I'll be talking about VHS 99 next week. And there have actually been quite a few movies that I've watched that I haven't talked about in the last few but weeks so i'm sure there, there's there's one and it's a it's a joint homework assignment from xena and i that's probably on your homework list anyways without us so so uh, barbarian hits uh hbo max <gasps> too yeah but i've already talked about barbarian oh you have seen it i forget you're okay yeah, it's been a, you, it's... You're getting... oh i think you were out of town when i saw it though Maybe oh, so. Yeah. When I was talking yeah. about oh my god, I forgot. I was okay. just gonna be like, "Yeah, John, you need to watch it." And it's just you like, need to yeah. watch it. But we've lived <laughs> well, five lives in this month. I'll probably watch it with my wife okay. because I remember come. I came home and I was kind of. I, I pretty much said, "I'm like, I feel different right now." <laughs> and I went and I and I took a bath. Uh, and I was like, "This is a." It took me a long time for me to quite figure out why I felt the way I felt about it. But then I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know if I care for it. Um, No, the feeling, not the movie. I was like, what Uh, is happening? (laughs) No, the movie is, again, no spoilers. Just go watch it. Watch it. It'll be on HBO Max this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I've already watched it, so I don't need homework. (laughs) But I'll probably watch it again with my. Nice. You know what? If we watch it this week, I'll let you know how my wife felt about it. Yay! Then start singing Ricky Ticky Tavi to her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she'll forgive me for that one. <laughs> All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan brings up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? A lot of uh, franchise news has hit this past week. So if you are a fan of horror IP, hey, we got you covered. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm singing and dancing about it. Um, I love it. <laughs> uh, 
so filming on sequel The Nun 2 is already underway. It was announced that it was filming uh, last week. Um, but the Conjuring Universe filmmaking team is already looking ahead for this uh, universe. New Line is officially returning to the Warren's case files for The Conjuring 4. The Conjuring 2 and The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, scribe David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, he has been tapped to pen the new entry. So we have now a long-running Conjuring screenwriter here back to, to pen the new entry, which is great. Also returning to produce is James Wan and Peter Safran, who have been behind every single entry in this universe so far. So hooray. Um, the Conjuring films are based on real-life case files of paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, whose film counterparts are played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, respectively. Both are expected to return for the upcoming installment, though no deals are currently in place. Neither are There's no plot details at this time, which of course they're going to keep that under wraps for as long as possible. Um, it is probably, this news should surprise nobody. This franchise has been a juggernaut. Uh, it's only been like a year and some months since the devil made me mm -hmm. do it released. It opened number one yeah. at the box office in 2021, pushed the franchise over to 2 billion worldwide. Wow. It's a moneymaker. So yes. yeah. And really as long as, you know, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson return, then, mm -hmm. you know, great. Cause I love them. Um, <laughs> And then also in surprising news, uh, last week, Konami had a Silent Hill presentation that unleashed like an insane amount of video game news uh, for fans of the, the franchise. And um, in addition to announcing a whole plethora of upcoming video games, including a remake of the very revered Silent Hill 2, they also slid in there that uh, it would be getting a movie adaptation. Return to Silent Hill, and it will be helmed by 2006's uh, Silent Hill's director, Christoph Gans. Like, so if you saw 2006's Silent Hill, same director. 15 years later, he's returning to that world. Why are you looking so puzzled? Because there was already <laughs> a Silent Hill 2 movie. Everybody's ignoring that. Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> This, oh, that's sad. <laughs> this isn't saying that it's ignoring it. It's just saying that, like, that movie was based on the first game, and I think it also pulled in some elements. Whereas, like, what you're thinking of Silent Hill Revelations was something... I don't know who all was behind. It was not Christoph Gans. And that one followed Silent Hill 3, whereas this one is same director as the first one, and he is actually going to be adapting more of Silent Hill 2. Um, okay, so the first Silent Hill movie followed one with a little bit of two. The second one followed three, and now the third one will follow two. Correct. Yeah, I know. Is that <laughs> confusing? Um, but yeah, Gans said in a presentation, you can see the full presentation online, um, that the film is going to focus on psychological horror, even though all the same creatures and memorable sequences from the game will be present, which, you know, if you're a, a franchise fan, that means the Pyramid Head will be back. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Silent Hill 2, the game, uh, the plot sees a man receive a letter from his deceased wife. So he heads back to the town where they shared all so many memories in the hopes of finding her. Um, it's a really good, creepy game. So you have both a movie and a, re like a remake of the game to look forward to. So it's good stuff. Nice. Good stuff. And if that's not enough, here's, here's some more news that should give me John's puzzled face. Um, <laughs> Darren Fausman's <laughs> reboot, Spiral from the Book of Saw, pulled 40 million worldwide last year, reviving the franchise and paving the way for more sequels. Obviously, does well. Mm -hmm. It's going to get a sequel in the realm of horror. So, obviously, another brand new Saw movie is indeed on the works. In the works, uh, Saw 10 
is going to bring Tobin Bell back to the franchise as horror icon John Jigsaw Kramer. Yeah, John's giving the squinty eyes already as if I am doing this. Yeah. So production is set to go underway later this month on the next installment. Uh, It's already scheduled for release for October 27, 2023. We'll see if that changes at all. But I mean... Saw is a Halloween franchise. Um, The franchise mainstay, Kevin Grutert, who directed Saw 6 and Saw the final chapter and edited Saw 1 through 5 and Jigsaw, he's going to direct Saw 10. And also he directed Jezebel. There you go. I love that movie. It's so good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, this is where John's confused face comes in because the character (laughs) of Jigsaw was killed off in Saw 3 in 2006. (laughs) Uh, but, you know, Tobin Bell has reprised the character in flashbacks throughout many installments in this franchise. So, you know, we're going to assume that he's going to figure more prominently into the 10th installment of this franchise, uh, more than he, I guess, has in some more recent entries. How? We don't know. But if there's a way, um, I feel like it's the Saw franchise, which built an entire series of movies on surprise. This twist happened mm-hmm. earlier than you think it did true so i don't know <laughs> don't act like you're not going to be there though john you're going to be there oh oh uh, yeah come on <laughs> Listen, I, if if i didn't do things that i was confused about i wouldn't have children <laughs> like it's gonna happen like i'm i have to otherwise i would just stay in my closet all day and talk to myself i feel and like i can only do that so much that could be a t-shirt or a bumper sticker look if i can have kids i can watch saw 10 <laughs> if i can figure out how kids work i can figure out how the saw time if you works. could dodge a stapler you could dodge a ball there's a wrench <laughs> yeah. i'd wear those shirts uh, there you go all right listeners your turn do you also need a roadmap to understand the silent hill timeline do you need a roadmap to understand the Saw timeline? We all do. We all can, do. <laughs> we all do. Oh, man, that last Saw trip before Spiral. I was like, what is happening? When yeah. now? You can call us or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Gina. Oh, Gina. Who's that? <laughs> Who is that? What the I heck, Zon? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Xena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Xena, what should we be watching? We have a lot of things coming out, uh, but this whole month has been crazy. So, we did it, though. We did it. Uh, give yourself a hug. Okay, so this is already out. Um, came out on Monday. <laughs> Fochi for Fake, and uh, it's on Shutter. So, this one examines the life and career of filmmaker Lucio Fochi. Um, also on Shutter that is available right now, Enigma. Uh, uh, if you didn't know, this one has Killer Snails and then uh, Demonia. Uh, non-exploitation and then Manhattan baby uh, basically a spirit possesses a little girl and she was just minding her business and living her life it's a good time and that's not spoilers it's in the synopsis literally so just in case if you're interested in having a luchi week then on Tuesday the 25th barbarian is available <laughs> HBO Max yeah yeah and then also we have the Boulay brothers Dragula Titans uh, this is going to be available on shutter at midnight tonight yeah I'm very excited. So I'm very excited about that. Are you? I am. 
<laughs> so this one is the spinoff on the uh, series The Boulay Brothers Dracula and uh, stars monster drag artists from the show's previous seasons returning uh, to the competition for a chance to win a hundred thousand grand, hundred thousand grand, a hundred thousand dollars as a grand prize. And so yippee kaye, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have on Thursday, the 27th, we have Feed Me. This will be available on VOD. Following the death of his wife, a broken man spirals into an abyss of night, ter- night tremors and depression and finds himself in the home of a deranged cannibal who convinces him to take his own life to the most hor- in the most horrific way imaginable. I'm just sold on the synopsis, just being honest with you. I don't want to watch the trailer. I just want to watch it, get it in my eyeballs. And then from Neil Marshall, we have The Lair. Uh, when Royal Air uh, Force pilot Lieutenant Katie, uh, it's just Kate. I, I just like Katie. It makes me feel okay. Anyway, uh, Lieutenant Kate Sinclair is shot down over at Afghanistan. She finds refugee in an abandoned underground bunker with deadly men, where deadly man-made biological weapons, including half human, half aliens, are awakened. Dun, dun, dun. Do that roll on VOD. And then on Friday, Run Sweetheart Run Prime Video. Then we have Resurrection. It'll be hitting Shutter. And then we also have a Savannah haunting. This won't be available on VOD. A family loses their young daughter in a tragic drowning and moves to Savannah only to be haunted by the presence of their daughter in their new home. Then we have Pray for the Devil. This won't be available in theaters. A nun prepares to perform an exorcism and comes face to face with a demonic force with a mysterious ties to her past. I love that we're getting more nuns in horror movies. You know, there was a time when we, you know, we, we needed it and they, they came back. Okay. And so on Tuesday, the first, Shudder is getting us prepared for the holidays. So we have some cool stuff that's coming out. So this isn't new stuff, but, you know, yay. Okay. So if you like horror, musical, and zombies, uh, this is for you. Anna and the Apocalypse will be available on Shudder. Then we also have To All a Good Night. Uh, This follows a group of teenagers. They're partying, living their best lives. But then there is a killer and a Santa Claus stoop. Suit, suit that's stalking them, and then we have Silent Night, Deadly Night three. That one is going to be available as well. As well, Jesus, help me. That one's going to be available as well. And basically, with this one, he shares a psychic connection with a woman. And then we have Silent Night, Deadly Night four, Initiation. This has witches in it and Clint Howard. And then we also have Silent Night, Deadly Night five, The Toy Maker, which is a lot of fun. And then we also have Silent Night. Uh, this one came out just last year. There's a lot of stuff that's going on this week, but it's again, it's perfect for the holidays. And then we also will be having a creep show. It'll be available as well. And then we're going to go back to some new stuff. So um, I love cheese. So The Killing Tree will be available on VOD and DVD. So according to Uncorked, uh, on Christmas Eve, a scorned widow casts an ancient spell to resurrect her executed husband. However, when the spell goes wrong, her husband is brought back as an evil Christmas tree. <laughs> so that's just pretty much it with that. So that sounds like fun. And then we have Hacks. Hacks will be available on VOD and DVD. Uh, this one, following a mysterious disappearance on a jump, a group of skydivers experience paranormal occurrences that leave them fighting for their lives. And as always, Bloody Disgusting TV is available as well as Scream Box. Thank you and good night. <laughs> and that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com and YouTube channel of the same name or at LovelyZena on Twitter. 
and you can hear me wrap up the final weeks of the 31 Days of Horror on Creepy. That's 31 straight days of horror, two stories each day, over 16 hours of stories. Whoa. Are you tired, John? I'm so, so tired. Oh. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zeno. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. And happy Halloween! Oh.